Welcome to This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. One verse, one truth, one choice. Hello, and welcome once again to This One Thing. I'm Carrie Kenyon Dern, and my dear friend Melina is back for week number four in the book of Philippians. Hello, Melina. Thanks for coming back. Great to be here. So we've been on quite a journey through the book of Philippians, yes. and as you know better than most, what we do each week is we prayerfully choose a verse, and then we pull out truth and a choice from that verse, and we want to apply the Word of God to our lives. We don't just want to hear it. We don't want to just talk about it. We want to actually apply it to our lives. So mm-hmm. the journey that we've been on in the book of Philippians started in one six, and we talked about the certainty that Paul had that what God had started, he would continue in our lives. And then we moved into chapter two and verse three, where it talked about, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress other people. Be humble. Think of other people as better than yourselves. That was a convicting one for me. (laughs) And then last week we were in 314 and this picture of a runner pressing for the prize, not giving up. So when we get weary, when we get tired, when we get afraid, exhausted, overwhelmed, that we're living today like Jesus is the prize and he's worth it because we know if we're living with him as a priority, if he is our motive, if he is the reason we get out of bed in the morning and we want to serve him and we want to serve others because he's the prize, then that's also the prize at the end of our lives that we're working Mm, for. He's the prize today. He's the prize forever. So this week we're in the final chapter of the book of Philippians and we're in verse eight. And I'm going to read the verse. And then, Melina, I want to give some context for this verse, because even though we are focusing on one verse, this is one of those times, I probably say this every week, but the context is really, truly so important that we take God's word in the context that it was written so we can get the full weight and the full meaning of it. So I'd like to read the verse and give some context so that we understand what Paul is trying to say. And then I'll go ahead, I'll share a truth, and then I'll pass it over to you to do the same. So Philippians chapter four, verse eight says, and now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. So that right there tells you why I have to read the verses preceding it. A final thing based on what? On what he's just said. I'll read that in a minute. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of price. Amen. That's a lot. That's a lot to fix our mind and our thoughts on. So what is he trying to say? And why is he trying to say it? So I want to just focus real quickly here on verses four through nine. So the verses just preceding this verse and the verse right after it. So in verse four, Paul says, I think, I've kind of lost count, but I think for the 14th time in this short little book, he wants us to be full of joy. He talks about being full of joy and rejoicing over and over and over again. It bears repeating. He is sitting in a jail cell when he's writing this. He's saying, I need you guys to be as full of joy as I am sitting in a jail cell. Wow. So that right there is, do I believe I'm in a jail cell? Do I have a victim mentality? 
Do I believe that I deserve something that I don't have? Or am I focused on what I want instead of what I've been given? Am I truly full of joy? Now, listen to this. He, he repeats himself. He says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. So our quick introduction to our verse of the week is always be full of joy, always rejoice. Why? Because the Lord is coming soon. This is not a command that we're to put off and wait on. He's saying you need to be joyful today so that others can see Jesus through you because time is short. This is an urgent message is what he's saying. Now, we continue on by Paul saying, don't worry about anything Pray about everything. Now, this is not a suggestion, Melina. This is a command. It's a command. He says, I command you not to worry. Why? Because when we don't worry, when we instead pray, we are choosing to put ourselves in a childlike posture. Yes. We are not the master of the house. We're the child of the house. If I am in a childlike posture before God, which I am commanded repeatedly in scripture to do, I am going to not worry. Why? Because Papa's taking care of it. Because Daddy's taking care of it. So I don't have to worry. I pray, or in the picture of a child and a parent, I go and I ask my Daddy to help me. So that's how he continues this verse here in verse 6. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. Why? Because if you do this, if you don't worry, if you pray instead, if you have this posture of a child and not the boss, not the one in charge, then you will experience God's peace, which far exceeds anything we can understand. Listen to this. This is so powerful. His peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. That word there, guard, Melina, in the Greek, it's a, it's a picture of a military action. It's a picture of a militant guard putting a fortress of protection around you. Peace is a fortress of protection, and it guards our hearts and minds. So this is the context in which I now read again our verse of the week. If I'm always full of joy choosing to rejoice, choosing to remember that God is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. If I choose to not worry, to always pray, I am operating in the peace that guards my heart and mind, therefore making it available Mm. for me to walk in this promise, this truth, this choice of verse 8. The final thing here is once you're in that peace that guards your hearts and minds, fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, which also means which is reverent or honest, what is right. You could also insert the word just there. What is pure? What Mm. is lovely? What is admirable? You could also call that what is of good report. Think about these things which are excellent and worthy of praise. And that word think there in the Greek is to meditate on, to dwell on, or to constantly consider. My mind needs to be held captive by what is honorable and true and right and pure and lovely and admirable. 
And Melina, where this takes me is in my mind, it takes me to Romans 12, 1 and 2 that talks about be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In 2 Corinthians 10, 5, it says we're to cast down all the arguments and all the high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God and take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's what Paul's saying here. When you live in that peace that is promised in the verse before it, you have then the mind conditioning. Your mind has been conditioned Mm, to hold every thought captive. To say, this is pure. This is honest. This is lovely. This is admirable. I'm going to stay my mind on those things. So the truth here is we get to actually sit in this promise and say, this is all available to me. I don't have to be a victim. I don't have to be tossed around by the news of the world right now, or even my local news. I get to stand in this promise of peace. How? Because through the power of the Holy Spirit, I have been given the ability I have been given a choice and we're going to make the choice in a minute, but it's recognizing right Mm -hmm. now, first of all, I have a choice. I have been given a choice even before I make it that I can fix my mind on all of these things because I have been commanded to live in joy, to not worry. I am not in charge. God is. I am to pray about everything. Mm. And when I do that, I am in this fortress of protection called peace. And all of these things are available for my mind to stay on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Those are all things I want. I want you to think of it as a big fruit basket. You have this big spiritual Mm. fruit basket and it's overflowing with things that are true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable, excellent things, things that are worthy of praise. It's a big fruit basket. The Holy Spirit saying here, take it. Focus on your fruit basket today. It's in my hands and it's available to me through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is what's mm, true. Amen. So Melina, what is the truth that jumps out for you in this passage? Wow. So powerful, Carrie. I agree. In line with what you're sharing, it is peace that's available through every circumstance. It is. And that's such a great visual of that fruit basket. It's like, it's right there. And regardless of what's happening around me, that is right there. And to fix my eyes and stay focused on that. And given the opportunity at work, sometimes I get distracted or things, situations come up and and I find myself in a posture where I'm like, my pride wants to well up, like, I can do that or I can. And it was, it's that I statement. And being able to let the Holy Spirit just remind me, like, it's not about you. It's not about you, sweetie. Where are your eyes right now? Where are your eyes? And being able to have friends that help me stay accountable and being able to allow the Holy Spirit to stir that so that I can stay focused and remember that I want peace at my job. I genuinely do. (laughs) And there's always going to be something happening, but I want peace through the process. And I'm so grateful for us to be able to focus on this verse very specifically this week so I, I could really kind of identify those areas where it's not about you right now. Where's your focus? Keep your peace, Melina. Keep your peace. So what is true is every circumstance that is 
available to me throughout the day I find myself in, I can choose the peace that's right in front of me that is available to me every time. I think so often we do feel like victims of the circumstances around us, the news around us. You know, we get so sidetracked. I mean, how many times can you remember just in the last couple of weeks where you were in a place of peace and then you turned on the news or you looked at your phone or you looked at your a text message and it's like, whoa, you know, what just happened? And I, I'll, yes. I'll be honest, that happened for me this morning. I was in God's <laughs> word. I was studying God's word, but there was a pile of bills on the counter. I was like, oh, I should really go through these. I should probably pay the bills. And I'm not kidding you. Two of them, two of them out of the stack. I opened up and I was like, what? These aren't right. These are way off, like way more than they were supposed to be. And of course, I have to call right away. And I'm, you know, you're on hold forever when you call any company and you're (laughs) trying to get your money back. And I'm like, where did my morning just go? More importantly, where did my peace just go? Right? That just went right out the window. (laughs) And I think just as we move into the choice, because For us this week, the truth sets up the choice just so brilliantly. And for me, it is, what am I putting in? Because I think if you look at this verse, verse 8, you're seeing that these are not just the food that we're supposed to eat. This is the fruit that we're supposed to produce. So these are, all of these these beautiful characteristics of a spirit-filled life, they're going to come out of us. If I'm meditating on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely, admirable, excellent, and worthy of praise, that's going to go in. It's going to stay in. It's going to grow in there, and it's going to come out. That's what's going to come out. Now, the opposite is also true. If I'm putting a bunch of junk in my mind, if I'm putting a bunch of stress and anxiousness and fear and too much of the world events, too much news, even if it's good, if it's if it's occupying and filling my mind, that is what's going to come out. Yeah. It was really interesting. This last weekend, I was meditating on this passage with my husband. We had gone away for a mini weekend vacation, and we were talking about this verse together. And I want to encourage all of us, as I say this, to practice this as the choice. We're moving into the choice now. And the choice I believe that we should be making is to actually read this verse and say, today, what is something that is true? What is something that is honorable today? What is something that is right today? What is something that is pure today? What is lovely? What is admirable? What is excellent and worthy of praise? Every single one of these things, finding a positive partner in your life, a positive friend, a positive spouse, a positive person that will go through this verse with you word by word and say, today, Melina, this is what is true. This is what I know to be true today. Go through each of these words. I did this with my husband Mm -hmm. and it was so powerful. Because you cannot talk about what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and worthy of praise out loud with another spirit-filled person and not walk away from that conversation encouraged. I encourage all of us to choose this in the coming week. Find a positive partner, a positive person in your life that will verbally go through this verse with you and say, this is what is true. 
this is what's honorable. And you know what? I think it would be awesome if we were boldly willing to redirect conversations when people want to focus on what's negative or what's wrong or what makes them anxious or what makes them afraid to say, you know what? I've been meditating on this really amazing verse Philippians 4, 8, and I'd love to talk it through with you and see, you know, what are the ways that these words are showing up in our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit? Mm. My husband said something as we were meditating on this verse together. He said, you know, not much that is newsworthy is praiseworthy. Mm. I said, yeah, that's a, that's a quote <laughs> if ever I heard one, you know, and I think just being willing to turn off the news. I'm not asking us to be ignorant of, of current events, but I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna set this out there really gently. You could really watch five minutes of news and get the gist. You don't have to watch the whole hour. You know, you it's good to know what's going on around the world. We need to be praying for Ukraine. We need to be praying for people that are suffering. I'm not asking for us to be ignorant, but we don't need to spend hours and hours filling our minds with things that we cannot control. What if our goal was to be educated enough that we could pray and put these things at the feet of the God who can actually do something? Yes. Instead of filling our minds so that we're educated and we have a big commentary that we can make on every news event. I need to know how to pray, most certainly. You know, I have loved ones very, very close to that conflict over there. Of course I'm praying. Of course Mm. I care. I'm just using this Ukraine as an example. But I'm not saying let's be ignorant. I'm saying let's understand that we are children and we pray to a God who commands us to not worry about anything and to pray about everything. And so I think the choice we need to make is to find a positive partner to go through this verse and to say, how is this verse showing up in our lives this week? How can I see what is true? What is true today? What is honorable? What is right? What is pure? What is lovely? What is admirable? What is excellent worthy of praise? And go through this verse with somebody and speak it out loud. It's a powerful choice to make. And I promise you, you will not be anxious and you will not be thinking of anything <laughs> that that stills your joy if you're going through this right. verse with someone. What is the choice that you would encourage all of us to make, Melina? Well, I appreciate all that, Carrie. And, and for me, it is to have so much peace in my life that I genuinely don't feel like I'm alone. That I know without a doubt that the God of peace is with yeah. me. And just a tangible thing of that really tested and played out for me was uh, having a flat tire at the end of the day at work the other day and and having someone call and say, hey, your tire's flat. <laughs> they weren't standing by my car. <laughs> they, they weren't anywhere near it. <laughs> they just said your tire's flat. And so going out there and seeing it, and there's no other cars in the parking lot. There's nobody around. Having that first thought, Lord, I need you to help me through this. Thank you that you're going to help me through this, that you're going you're gonna to help me get this fixed and take care of it. And then all of a sudden, you know, a, a friend came by, then another person came by, and, and it got all taken care of, and I've got a new tire now. But in that very moment where my weakest point for the enemy definitely to poke at is that I'm alone. Mm -hmm. And I know that that would have 
been a really easy place for me to really go and spiral into and make it about me and be a victim and, you know, whoa, it's me. Where's my friends? And instead it was like, Lord, thank you that you're going to help me get through this situation and you're going to help me get this spare tire on my car. Mm -hmm. So it was a really great opportunity, again, to choose to be filled with so much peace that that presence of God is such a tangible opportunity to experience in the circumstances. And that is exactly how Paul ends this portion of the chapter. So I already quickly went over verses four through seven, but this is what verse nine says, the verse right after our verse of the week. Keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received from me. So again, just real quickly, all we've learned and received is always be joyful, always rejoice. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Then his peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. And then our verse of the week, fix your mind on all of these lovely things. Those are what he's saying. Keep putting all these things into practice. And he ends verse nine by saying, then the God of peace will be with you. Listen to this graduation. The verse Right before our verse of the week, verse 7 said, His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. But after we fix our thoughts on what is true and honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, worthy of praise. Do you see this graduation here in the text? Now it moves from his peace will guard your heart and mind to the God of peace will be with you. So it moves from a fruit basket that you get in your hands, a gift, to the power of his presence, to a relationship where you're hanging out with your best friend. That's what you just described. You just described it so eloquently. You had a flat tire, but you didn't freak out because you weren't alone. You weren't abandoned because the God of peace was with you. Yes. And so it's this circle, isn't it, of his peace is guarding my heart and mind, so I am able to fix my mind on all of these things in verse eight. And as I fix my mind on all of these things in verse eight, guess what? Now he is with me. His very presence is with me and I am not alone. Melina, would you pray for us that we would apply this truth in the coming week, that we would not be hearers of the word only, but that we would apply this truth and we would choose to live in the truth of Philippians four, verse eight. Lord, uh, we just come to you with hands wide open, knowing that your truth is all that we can cling to. Lord, we just say thank you for the power of your peace that is available to us. And Lord, I ask that we as your children would look at your truth, look at your word, and as Carrie said, apply it specifically, Lord, I love that we would create space to think about intentionally what is true and lovely and pure and praiseworthy, Father, and that we would find someone to help us keep our minds set on those things, that we would be people who experience the power of your peace in us, that we would not feel alone. So, Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power in it and the ability to focus on it, that we would be able to live our lives so that people around us can see that we are people of peace, that we respond in a way that brings them peace, Lord. So we give you all praise, all glory, all honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. 
for This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. Find all our episodes by clicking the podcast link located on our website at fetterfree.org.